Welcome to Think Like a Penguin, The Art of Flying. This is the podcast to help you think outside the box, live more confidently against the grain and become your more authentic self. Penguins don't traditionally fly, but what's to say they won't one day? Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I am so excited for this week's episode. Um, I've got a very, very special guest and I can't wait to share. Well, I'm going to get him to share his journey, but how I first met him was pretty cool. He was following me, um, chasing me up a hill um, in a really good way. That sounds really strange, but um, I'll let him explain. And then he overtook me, which wasn't so great, but um, we were doing this big run together and um, he got me round and from there we have shared our story and I've got him in to share his story and today we're going to talk all about how to change track and how to make sure you choose the right path and if you're going to be inspired by one of my guests then I'm pretty sure Tom is going to do that for you so hi Tom thanks for coming in thanks Lou wow what an intro better live up to that Oh, I'm sure you will. Um, As always, we're going to start, we're going to jump straight in with our first five. And I thought it was completely appropriate to choose exercise. So most people will aim to do a little bit of exercise at some point in their day, in their week, hopefully as part of a healthy, balanced lifestyle. However, I always get a little bit sad when people um, get a bit obsessional about Um, measuring their exercise or doing a class um, just because they feel they have to or they're not enjoying it or they just kind of becomes this mundane task in their week. So here are five ways in which we can approach exercise differently. I'll start with the first one and that is to, I challenge you to not time it and not measure it and have a different focus and that might be nature. So just go for a jog or walk or run, whatever, and just focus purely on your surroundings and you'll see the leaves changing color in the autumn. You might see beautiful patterns in the sky. You might hear the birds for the first time. Um, and that would just be a lovely way to approach exercise differently. Perfect, great idea. Um, so the second thing is don't do it alone. So invite a friend, uh, might be a partner, might be a friend, might be someone that you've met chasing them up a hill like Liv just talked about. But use them to actually give you that extra little kick of motivation. Absolutely. Um, And it's also okay if you end up not really exercising your bodies, but more exercising your mouths and just have a chat. That's cool as well. Sometimes that can be even more enjoyable. Um, Number three, deliberately choosing a new location or a different time. If you go to a class or a group, do it at a different time. Just change something fundamental about what you're doing. It can get really tedious if you do the same time, same routine every single week. Even if you go to a class at sunrise instead of sunset, it might just be different. You might meet new people in the class. yeah, change something fundamental about the sesh and you'll get far more out of it. Great. And and while you're on that sort of topic of changing, like why not change the activity too? So change it up, maybe like try rock climbing or if you're only walking, might try a bit of a run or a swim or a skateboarding or give something else a go. Maybe even going down to the park and throwing a frisbee around it. Just give something else a go. 100%. And on that, I actually, instead of a New Year's resolution, Um, When I arrived in Australia 10 years ago, I, it was kind of happening as an accident, but then I actually started to go every year, I'm going to try a new sport. And I have done that for the last 10 years and it has taken me down some amazing adventures. 
trail running was one of them. I watched the Banff Film Festival and then I started doing trail running from being inspired by a clip. And then I met you from that. I've started um, skateboarding. Probably not my wisest choice because I'm always carrying an injury, but God, I love it. It's so fun. So absolutely trying something new every year, testing your um, limits, um, finding out you might be really good at something, growing in confidence. It's probably one of the best um, ways to approach exercise is to mix it up. And then lastly, just um, find on that, if you're struggling to find um, a community or a group, there are so many ways that you can jump into a new activity online. They've got meetups. So that's just a platform that provides all these options for usually free um, exercise. You could join a local community, so go down to the local club. But also how we met is we both signed up for an event. So it was a Perth Trail series. Signing up for an event gives you a focus, gives you a goal. And um, then you get to celebrate mastering your activity after a certain you know period of time of training. So picking an event and working towards it is so rewarding. So there are your first five approaching to exercise. None of that is about measuring and being hard on yourself and having to stick to um, a goal. So it's all about just having fun and changing the focus. Right, I'm sure we have a lot to, to get through, Tom. And I also have to admit that I probably haven't um, heard all of your stories. So I'm, I'm just gonna sit back, relax and um, hand over to you. But I also will be probably resonating with some of what you say. We've both come from um, a period where we've had to do a lot of self-discovery. We've both experienced the real dark side of mind. Um, we've had a lot of challenges that we probably can relate on. So I might just jump in and ask questions along the way. But other than that, um, over to you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> put you on the spot. No, no that's fine. Look, um, my journey is one that I'm, I'm quite proud of. And being able to say that, proud word took me a long time to be able to say and it's because for so long I wore a mask mm -hmm. uh, I'm quite open about that and that's because I didn't know who I was and I didn't know where I was what I was meant to be doing what path I was meant to be going down and mm -hmm. um, where I grew up was uh, I grew up in New Zealand a little place called Tupperora in the middle of the North Island and um, I always from from probably my teenage years I was always that kid that was a chameleon that tried to fit in with everybody um, my, my dad left when I was, when I was 11, um, and what I've found out subsequently from that is I held on to that for so long thinking it was my fault mm. and subconsciously blamed myself for that. So in protection of that, I put up um, this wall and this mask so that I wouldn't lose anybody else ever again. Mm -hmm. And so I morphed and chameleon to whatever situation that I found myself in. Um, unfortunately, it took me down a, a wrong path um, started mixing with the wrong crowd and that sort of thing, but um, yeah, managed to get a second chance. And when I was 17, I, I was lucky enough to be able to move over and live with my dad in Australia, in New South Wales. And that's sort of where my adulthood sort of took off. Um, but then I, I sort of spiraled down further and further into that path of just trying to impress the wrong people. And um, I did that for, for many years, and up until probably uh, maybe my mid-20s when I... I went through university and I still didn't know what I wanted to do or who I was, but um, I, I found it very easy to run away. Mm -hmm. And so I never let anybody get close. I never let anybody in. Um, I had plenty of friends, but no one that I would actually open up to. And I was always that one that was the first of the party, the last to leave, the one that people would always open up to. And I thought I'm always there for people, but 
for me to look in the mirror and actually say it back to myself or actually say what was going on inside my own head was, yeah, it was never going to happen. Mm. And through that, I, I ended up in, in Western Australia 2006. So, yeah, been here, was that 16 years now? So, um, and the journey of, of what I found out um, was a diagnosis of depression and bipolar came about um, eight years after that. Yeah, so yeah, it's been about eight years. And that all came about from hitting what I, what I thought at the time was rock bottom and trying to do something silly that meant that I wouldn't be here anymore. Mm. But it, it got to a point where I couldn't fight it anymore. I'd, I'd been wearing this mask for so long that I didn't know what else to do, where to go, um, and I just lost all hope. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily for me, um, I didn't go through uh, with, with something. Um, I managed to get some help from my sister and, and my best mate. Um, but it, it was actually a phone call that probably saved my life that day. And it was a good friend of mine who I hadn't spoken to for a couple of weeks, but he actually called me to tell me that him and his wife were expecting a baby. And for him to tell me that, it just literally took the legs out from under me where I was walking to do something. Wow. That, uh, I'm almost in tears, actually, because last week, um, the first five was about um, going through your morning commute Mm -hmm. and how uh, you can choose one day to just pick up the phone and ring someone out of the blue, specifically someone that you've maybe not spoken to in a long time. And so that one act, although for you, seems like no biggie, actually, you're living proof that someone just calling you, obviously they had lovely news to share, but after a long time of not hearing from you um, or y- that you're not hearing from them, that actually means you're still here today. So yeah. kind of goes to show that we have such power in just reaching out and just, um, you know, one smile, one phone call, one little message. You yeah. just don't realise how, how important that can be for someone else. Exactly. And, and for him, it was sharing his news and like and, and wanting to pass on that good news because he didn't know he was freaking out, not knowing what's happening and, and that sort of thing. But receiving that phone call, yeah, literally saved my life. Mm-hmm. And the, the flow on from that story, which because I never told him, I, it took me probably two years to tell him that because unfortunately uh, they miscarried with that baby. Mm-hmm. And I somehow assumed and told myself this story that that had something to do with me mm-hmm. well that probably resonates with when you're a kid that narrative that uh, and kids are so impressionable and that we don't really understand the world as children my parents separated when when I was similar age to when your dad left and and you try and make sense of it from a naive you know kid mindset and then you those stories and we've spoken about this in a previous episode about how you you forge your beliefs and you create your belief systems that belief system was so ingrained in you and you've lived by that belief system up until a point where you've drastically changed your life for the better. Um, And we'll get on to and how you've done that and how you've chosen to make those those positive mindsets. But I think um, the the awareness you had that maybe you're even only realizing that of late, but that narrative of if something goes wrong, it's my fault because you believe that as a kid, having that awareness as an adult is so powerful to then make that step to go, oh no, this is, a, this is a narrative that I've run with in the past that hasn't served me. I've got that awareness. How can I now challenge that thinking or challenge that belief system? Yeah, by all means. Like when probably after six or seven years old, we, we create our story from what we've learned. Mm-hmm. 
it's like if you tell a child, don't touch that because it's hot. Yep. They don't know what hot is until they actually experience hot. Yeah, absolutely. And it's called so um, critical faculty. It's a sort of like a, a you, like you said, at seven, all of your belief systems are formed and then the lid goes on. And then you don't really ever take the lid off until you go through such a challenging life experience. Like we have actually, I would speak about, I was fortunate to experience what I've experienced because it's made me have to challenge my belief systems. And I'm sure you wouldn't go back and change your life. But most people... Um, don't have to ever challenge their beliefs or, or find awareness or self-awareness. But I thought it was quite interesting um, how you wore your mask. You were very outwardly confident, very extroverted, very the life and soul of the party. But all of that was taking away from looking in and, and, and turning the lens back in on yourself. Can you remember a time or a specific occasion or maybe it's taken years where you've, you've gone, oh, actually, I need to reverse that. Um, lens and put it right back into myself yeah well is it looking back at it now it's happened a few times without actually being quite conscious of it but I, I remember the first time I really had to look in, inside is um, at this age I had a had a quite um, quite good job I was managing a few staff I was looking after a few other stores as well and um, I woke up normally every morning got up shower shave putting the uniform on and instead of walking out the front door, I walked straight back into my room, opened the cupboard, sat down in there, pulled a blanket over my head and cried for four hours. Because oh. I, just, I just didn't, couldn't face what was out there. Yep. And no amount of self-talking to myself, no get up, harden up, all of those words that as a, as a um, guy you've taught to bury everything down and just toughen up. None, none of that sort of talk could, could get me out of there or could make me take the blanket off my head. Mm. and I really had to admit to myself that there was something wrong. It's really interesting because I actually probably have more females in my life um, and had really m more deep and meaningful conversations with females. I don't think that's intentional. It's just sort of the way it's gone. But what I've always encouraged people to do is be kind to yourself. And for you to just go, you know, I couldn't talk myself into toughening up or manning up or, you know, to me, I'm like, well, that's completely illogical. Well, how how are you going to get out of the cupboard, take the blanket off you, stop crying by being tough? That's a period of time in that acute moment. That's when you need to give yourself love and be kind and be nurtured. But obviously, you're saying from a male perspective, that's not your first... To me, that's logical. If, if, if someone's in pain or someone's struggling, well, then you're going to be kind to them and you're going to give them love. And, and that's, I guess, how I've approached my own recovery. But maybe boys aren't told that. Like, does that, can you see that, that there's sense in that? In the, you, you wouldn't, if someone's, if someone's down and out, you wouldn't go, cool, let's just kick them whilst they're down. You'd go, oh, how can I help them up with, with compassion? But you didn't feel in that moment that was gonna be the way to take that blanket off you and get out of the house. Definitely not. It was, okay, you need to just, yeah, toughen up because that that's all what you're taught, right? As a as a young man growing up, it was don't show emotion. Like mm. you can toughen this out, you can fight through it, you can be God, strong against it. That makes me so sad. It. I feel it so is. bad. I think the the language, I think the narrative is changing. Thank God. I think people are learning to go. Actually, well, boys need to cry, and we need to talk. Every whether you're male, female, or identify as somewhere in between, we need to kind of be kind to ourselves essentially the kindness and love goes the is the only way to take the right path to and and i 100 agree and 
I think it's because there was so much stigma and so much taboo about looking after self. Because as mm. soon as we say that, you're selfish. Yeah, so true. I think and of being English as well. Like it's Americans don't seem to have like this problem. I, I don't know that many Americans, but they sort of like really own their pride, own their achievements. You know, really, and it's a cultural thing. But I, I definitely agree within. Um, Australia, within England, you know, it's seen as selfish. It's seen as, oh, you're blowing your own trumpet or aren't you arrogant? But there's a subtle difference between just having compassion and kindness to um, projecting outwardly how amazing you are. Yeah, but and, and feeling like you're actually burdening someone. Like, yes. I, if, if I say that there's something wrong with me, that means that I think that your problems aren't important. Mm. And when you've got that narrative going around in, inside your own head, the logic goes out the window. Mm-hmm. And when you're underneath that blanket crying and worrying about, I can't put this on anyone else because this is my problem, mm-hmm. the first step is that, that talking and realising that you have to get those thoughts out of your head. So interesting you said that because before we even met this morning, I wrote that down. Um, and that's going to be the never do this section is, is talking about that. But how um, sharing is, if you see it from another perspective, Whenever someone has shared with you, usually you don't see that as a burden. You see that as a a privilege. You think, I feel really humbled that this person has come to me and I feel now empowered that I can in some way help, guide, support or, you know, mentor someone. So when you're you're the person with the problem or feeling the pain and holding that, it's really hard to, like you say, burden someone. But... For anyone that is struggling with something and they feel like they can't share that, just think of a time where someone has come to you with a problem and usually you think, oh, I'm so, one, I'm so glad they've shared that, but also that's actually a gift. I can now, you know, I can be someone they can lean on. I can I can try and find a way to help them. A problem halved is a problem. A problem shared is always a problem halved. So um, what for you... I mean, I'm sure that was the cupboard incident and the, the, you know, the crying. That was the first of many really hard times. What for you started to shift where you could go, actually, I need to um, address this. And then how do I go about addressing this? Because you are a very different man still in front of me today. Definitely. Um, yeah. So talk a little bit if you can about because I think that's the real question. People are like, yeah, but how? You know, we've we've heard all these stories of people, and there's obviously, sadly, horrendous amount of um, suicide and depression, and it's just awful. But uh, yeah, what you say now, no pressure, is going to be really inspiring. I think that's what people want to know: is how do you then change that? And I'd, I'd almost rephrase that, and and I'd say the why. Mm-hmm. It's the the how will come it, it's a why and whether it be losing weight whether it be starting exercise whether it be reading a book whatever it is it, it you need to be doing it for you mm-hmm. and back to that looking after self doing it for for yourself look I, I had a conversation with a lady over the weekend who was asking me oh you've lost all this weight how have you done that I've, but then in a very next sentence was well I'm going home in a couple of months and I need to look like this Mm. So straight away, she's not doing it for her. She's doing it for that external validation that she thinks she needs oh, from someone Tom else. Tom hit the nail on the head. Absolutely. Because this is the same when people will go, Livy, how did you overcome anorexia? How did you, you know, after 10 years of trying to end your life, how did you, you know, what you're so right. And it's actually 
all it was was a decision. And it was a decision that I'd rather be kind to myself and love myself and I wanted to live positively rather than beat myself up and try and end my life. Yeah. So how it happened, it just happened because I changed my mind. And then the mindset shift meant that, well, obviously this decision is going to give me love and give me, um, you know, nurturing and give me what I need. Oh, I'm so glad. That's it in I a nutshell. And I, I brought my phone with me because I wanted to share a quote. Oh, and, yes, please. And, um, this, this is one that's stuck with me for a little bit, but um, it's all about why people change. And people don't, people don't change unless they heard enough that they have to, they've seen enough, they're inspired to, or they learn enough that they want to. Mm. Can you repeat that? That's just like... <laughs> yeah, so they don't, um, they don't change unless they hurt enough that they have to, they've seen enough they're inspired to, or they learn enough that they want to. So true. And so if you take that back and relate it back to my story, I, I was in a spot where I, w I almost swore then, but it, it was That's hard. That's okay. I think I'm pretty sure I've said the F word on here before. So. Shit was hard. Yeah. And, and it was hard to get out of bed. It was hard to look myself in the mirror. It was uh, the weight was going on. I was abusing everything that I could get my hands on. Mm -hmm. I was hanging around with people that I knew would never leave me. They weren't the right sort of people. They were going nowhere, but I knew that they would never leave me. And I, I was sad. And just breaking it right down to its simplest form, I was sad. Mm. I'd um, yeah, separated myself from my family. I was purposely not answering calls. I wasn't going out with or doing things that I loved. Um, I noticed that I wasn't playing golf or exercising and doing any of these things. And so I had to choose which heart I wanted. Mm. And the heart of going down a a path where suicide was an option, was probably the option, mm -hmm. or take a look and actually do something for me and work through that, admit that there was something wrong and being able to stand in front of a mirror and say, I have depression, I can get over this, was that first step of actually drawing a line in the sand and saying, I want to make a change for me. Mm. There's going to be a lot of people that will recognize that they are depressed or recognize that they have an issue that they want to resolve or not, you know, not be holding on to this thing that's holding them back. But they will be so overwhelmed by the the feeling that it's completely impossible. So I can speak from my experience that I I never assumed in a million years I'd be here doing my own podcast, talking to legends like you, living a wicked life in another side of the country, you know, another side of the world, creating this whole life for myself. But I didn't, I didn't even envisage that. I envisaged, okay, for me, it was obviously around food and exercise. Can I sit down for half an hour today? Can I have a whole mouthful without spitting it out? Can I eat this spoonful of whatever without them head hitting my head against the wall because I was so angry with myself? So it was little steps. And then those little steps inform that mindset change. You go, oh shit, I did just do that. And actually life's okay it's not better it's not f I'm not feeling like joy I'm not feeling kind of instantly cured it's sort of a trust I don't know if you've experienced this but you kind of have to take the step with zero trust that it's going to work out but then you think well actually if I don't do anything well there's I'm not going to win anyway there's, there's absolutely no gain so I may as well even though I have zero trust that me investing in myself or eating right or you know not having that extra beverage or of alcohol whatever 
even though no cell in my body trusts that that's gonna help me in any way, I'm gonna do it anyway. And then it's through doing that because I think people want guarantee. You know, they're like, well, hang on a minute. I have a wicked social life and I love going to the pub and I love getting paralytic every Friday night. Don't love the hangover the next day, but it's okay because then I love that I go watch the footy on the Saturday afternoon and then I stay all night. And, you know, I don't want to replace that unless there's a guarantee that I'm going to feel happier, healthier, stronger. So was that similar to you for, that you kind of just thought, you know, I've got nothing to lose and you took it an inch, a teeny weeny step at a time? Or did you go, right, everything has to stop? This is, I've got to reinvent myself overnight. Both. Let, um, I'm, I've always been a, a rather extreme person. Either mm-hmm. It's either black, white, nothing in the middle. Or, or that's what I thought anyway. And it's about starting. Mm. Um, three steps forward, two steps back is still one step forward. Yep. And so... I think as as a human race now, like we we look for that quick answer. Like we we stand at the microwave and say, "I wish something that would cook cook this faster." Like yeah. we're after that quick win, but you you don't learn anything from that. Mm-hmm. And when you're on that journey of learning how to be nice to yourself, you're not going to be this happy, bubbly person straight off the bat. So those small little increments, like just looking at yourself in the mirror, I don't know, giving yourself a high five, or actually saying, "You know what? Your hair looks good today." And just starting on those little steps because it, that, that journey has got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was always, if I can't do it right, I'm not going to do it at all. And so that's why I was always scared to start and it was always hard to yeah, to maybe I know, have a water between a beverage or something like that. Yeah. But you've just got to start having those little steps in place because the journey that, that you're on is, is just as important as that end goal. If you are so focused on that end goal, you won't even start. Yeah. You've got the why that you want to be this different person. You want to change or you've been given this um, diagnosis of something, of, of an illness, where you have to get to that 100% goal. You're going to get there step by step. Mm-hmm. And so being not being hard on yourself but actually acknowledging the, the path you're on is the only way to start. I think the end goal as well seems so unattainable when you're in the – I mean, I described my life back when I was in my 20s as just like a dark black hole. Like I couldn't even see the light at the top of the well, let alone peer over the edge, let alone be stad- stood on the, the side of the well. You know, I was like in it so dark but and so deep. But um, so envisaging a, a future where I didn't have issues, I didn't have mental health and problems just was so not attainable for me. But it almost as a weird... I'm going to swear now, but like a fucked up safety blanket because my identity had been wrapped up with being ill, having all these conditions, you know, that was just all I knew. That was my life. I promised myself that if the alternative, if after I've tried to make these little changes, that for some reason it didn't work for me and I wanted to go back to what I was currently, you know, my starting point, then I promised myself I would. Mm -hmm. So that was a weird safety blanket obviously why would anyone in their logical mind choose depression anorexia you know all the suicidal thoughts and whatnot but it's funny that you to a lot of people who are trying to inspire people go just imagine yourself you know like at the top of your you know overcoming and it's like well you you, you can't relate to that when you're in the absolute depths of depression in the darkest of spots so that way it made me take that little step to go well if, it, if that little step's too painful or you know it doesn't there's no payoff 
whatever, I'll just go back to where I am. There's no loss there. So that's a weird way of um, encouraging growth and encouraging taking the step. But the option is always there. But in reality, the bonus, the, the, the kind of gold is that Unfortunately, you can't really go back to there because by the time you've taken that little step, even if you've grown the tiniest amount or you've learned something or you've developed, you will always fall back on that starting point with new perspective, new knowledge, new, you know, you just can't return to where you started. So, (laughs) and, and failing, like people, people aren't scared of failing. People are scared of people seeing them fail. Yes. And what they're going to say. Yeah. And so... Failing is, is the greatest thing that can happen to you. Mm-hmm. And c- because you learn a lot more. If, if you set this crazy, outrageous goal and get there without a struggle or a fight, you haven't set your goal high enough. Mm-hmm. Like imagine where you could have got to. But those steps along the way are the journey that are going to build the person you are. And hearing, hearing you talking about the peering out the top of the hole and, and I know for, for my goals where I set them, I'm way past what they were. Mm-hmm. I'm way past what I even thought was possible. Yep. Like I'm standing here doing a podcast talking about this. Yeah, I was at university this morning talking about career path because as a 40-year-old, I'm just about to graduate a, another uni degree. Yeah, like I was at university the first time. They they figured out I'm dyslexic, mm-hmm. and I've chosen to go back to university to really put myself out of it to, so I can get follow a career path where I can get up in the morning not knowing what I'm going to do, but I, I want to be there. Mm. Now. Like file back ten years, here I am about to jump in a tra- jump in front of a train because I don't know how to take that next step in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, I didn't get here overnight. Yeah, and I think it's important to um, when you're taking that path and you've got all these options options in front of you, when you're starting from a place of real difficulty and and uh, you know really struggling. Um, be realistic with what you're aiming for because like you say people don't like to fail and you're obviously going to fail if you're asking somebody who um well I'll just I'll make it personal but okay someone who can't fathom eating a whole meal if you then ask them to make you know next week you're going to have three meals a day with your two snacks plus your energy drinks it's like no you just you just need to take tiny little steps and then you get to and I'm not we're not preaching here we're just celebrating but we get to a point now in life where it's sort of like this positive spiral that the momentum is just it's just had years and years of of development and now we're just like woof we're on a roll like you're doing your second degree and I'm doing everything I want to do in terms of my career when I've had a, a completely different career in the past and that's what you can get at the end and that's almost like a promise but we can't we can't guarantee that but you don't need to focus on that to to start with your and with I your think path. that to start like if we focus on that starting point and actually being able to acknowledge yourself for starting I don't think enough people actually yes. stop and acknowledge themselves for mm-hmm. I don't know leaving their shoes by the door so in the morning when they get up and don't want to go for a walk mm-hmm. there's that extra little reminder and they go for a walk around the block yep and then it's ingrained in us as humans to then go well it was only a walk around the block yeah so no no I no, didn't even run up. so what's yeah, the point in even up, acknowledging it yeah get up and actually no I did this yep and you don't need to scream from the rooftops or anything like that, but acknowledge yourself for doing these and things. And that comes from, if you have to compare, which you will, because you're a human and we all compare, compare yourself to yourself, to your previous self. Try and make each day that teeny weeny bit better than 
the day before in your life as you know comparing yourself to you so yeah maybe you were annoyed that it was only a walk around the block not a run but did you do a run or a walk the week before no so that's a huge difference so yeah you're going to compare so make sure you're comparing with yourself and this is a little nudge maybe for those people that have become a bit complacent or you know if you're the absolute opposite end of what we're talking about and you're a bit arrogant you think yeah I've just got life nailed yeah I don't need to I don't need to look at myself or whatever actually are you making those conscious little decisions to better your life and yourself every day because life's a journey and I don't think anyone stops learning developing or growing ever you know, we, we have the opportunity to constantly look at ourselves, better ourselves. Um, and so I think it's it's a um, it's a rite of passage through being a human. And it's a responsibility is the word I'm looking for responsibility as a human living on this planet to try and make ourselves the best versions of ourselves. We can be in a kind, loving way. Um, well, totally. Don't 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 we all want to be happy? Happy, yes, but also in terms of our um, effect on everyone around us and on the world. Like, we internally can be happy, but we ca- some people can find happiness knowing that they're destructing their life around them or they're not having a positive influence. So this is a, probably a whole other podcast and we're <laughs> going off on a tangent. But when making, I'm just just comparing yourself to yourself, make sure, I think, the message is try and be a better version of yourself with each day if you can definitely yeah well oh my gosh Uh, that's thank you for sharing all that that's um really inspiring and um what let's before we wrap up what are your goals for the your the past you want to take now because obviously that's the whole topic today is choosing the right path and setting your goals what for you is most important? And I suspect it's not materialistic. I suspect it's more a path of self-love and a part, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but maybe if there's like five, and I'm putting you on the spot here because I haven't <laughs> prepped you for this, but five things that you just want to follow that path with curiosity. Um, and it can be about yourself. It can be about an external thing. Um, journeys that you want to take, deliberate paths of, Tom. On the spot, no, I love it. Um, and and looking forward to go back. I I remember, in in an old role I had, uh, a good mate of mine came up to me and he we were talking about body weight and that sort of thing. And this is like just where I was starting to learn how to transform things. And I remember I got to ninety nine point six kilos. Mm-hmm. And Max said to me, "I'll buy you some chicken wings just so you can get to the ton." Now, Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, and, and it wasn't so much the, the kick in the ass I needed to get moving, but it was realising that I have a choice now. Mm-hmm. And I had a choice to either take those chicken wings to, yeah, and continue the life I'm doing or make a change. And so that sort of spurred me to actually look at myself and realise I can actually do it. Um, and so coming back into your question is where I'm going now is Actually, my biggest goal at the moment is to be comfortable with who I am making the decision for nobody else. Mm. For so long, I've always worried about what other people would think about the decisions I'm making. Mm-hmm. Not if I think they're the right ones, not if they're going to make me happy, but what would they think? Yep. And so it, it's still a day-to-day struggle. It's a battle. It's, it, it's always going to be there. But 
having that self-talk, that self-love, like you just said, and actually being proud of myself. Like, I'm, I'm still working with a therapist. I'm, I, I know this depression is going to be something that I'm going to be living with for the rest of my life, which I'm, ha- I'm okay with that. But I've got to keep working with it, and like you said, growing each day. So, being able to say that I'm proud of where I am was one thing that I'm, I've really been working on. Um, so following on from that, my, my next big step, my next big challenge is completing university and doing something that I want to do now. Yep. Um, putting myself out there as a 40-year-old graduate, um, competing against uh, people who are just coming out of university for the first time. And what I can offer is, yes, that little bit of life experience, but the genuine want to actually make a difference and commit to a career now. Yep. I love that you started that. Um, answering that question with yourself so you said first and foremost I want to look at being proud of myself and um, working on myself and then the knock-on effect will be that then I will naturally make choices aka doing your degree and make life decisions that will make you be more true to yourself and going back to what you mentioned before is that there is a stigma around being selfish um, when people look inwards and they want to improve on themselves and they want to you know, prioritize their own well-being and happiness. But I've always said it, that you will, regardless of if you are a positive person or a negative person, good energy, bad energy, however you want to word it, you will always influence those around you. You can tell when someone who's a little bit slimy, a little bit greasy, a little bit like, ooh, they have dodgy energy. Like you can just tell when they walk into a room or you can also tell when the life and soul, someone beautiful is just like radiating energy that's beautiful and bright and positive. You can tell that in the room regardless of how you are, negative or uh, positive, you're going to affect people. So it's actually selfish to not work on yourself. It's selfish to walk around this world holding pain, resentment, anger, because you're going to affect everyone around you. So be see it as a gift to everyone else to be a better version of yourself. Like I think, thank God I'm a better version of me now because all I did was cause sadness and pain and stress and hurt. And, you know, my parents didn't know if that I'd be dead when they woke up in the morning. Like, that's awful. And now I can give back by just being happy and good and positive myself. So please, nobody see working on yourself and being authentic and finding out your passions and your goals don't see that as a negative selfish act see that as a necessity and the best thing you can do for everyone else exactly on the planet and you mentioned the first time i met you like that's that's exactly why we're probably sitting here now because Mm -hmm. going up that hill both of us didn't want to be running up that hill that's a bloody that was a trail run jesus that was hard (laughs) and i was like damn i'm not gonna be beaten by a man and then you beat me anyway but whatever (laughs) but but you got me up one hill and i got you Uh, up the next hill and if if we were in that negative mindset of this is shit i'm not gonna do this Mm -hmm. we would actually influence the other person to actually think exactly the same yeah. But because of that, no, you can do this. Or I think the words were, we're paying for this, so we might as well yeah, run. Yeah, I know, yeah. And yeah. But, but but we got each other there. And then that then created more conversations because I knew you were a person that I wanted to talk to, to actually get to know and actually hear your story. Mm-hmm. And and for me, a story is, is who a person is. Like, everybody has that right to tell that story. And if for some reason that flame's extinguished and they can't actually share that story, I think that's the biggest tragedy out there. Yeah. And being put in that box, and like, I, I had a moment where a good friend of mine came up to me 
after I'd been through a lot of stuff. And he said, I'm glad to have Tom back. And mm. when I asked him what he meant by that, he goes, we lost you for a while, but I knew you'd be back. Yep. And he was now looking back, referring to when I sort of went off the rails a bit and, and drinking and hanging out with the wrong crowd. And he sort of exited himself out of my circle. Yep. And which I didn't even, because I was so absorbed with hurting myself, I didn't even realise. Yeah, the hurt was spreading out to him and to probably yeah. other people in your life as well. Um, we, oh my gosh, we could talk for hours and hours and hours. Um, we are going to have to <laughs> wrap it up at some point. Um, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope that, that sharing that has helped. I'm sure it has. Anyone that's listening. And um, yeah, it really takes bravery. And it's so inspiring to meet others that have over, you know, years of self-development and work have over overcome some really challenging times so that's amazing thank you tom now we finish with a never do this section i, I still need to work on the word i don't i'm not loving the, yeah, the title never no never but the whole point is that i w i realized that there's so much prescription of what you should do like people trying to tell you what to do sell you stuff like do this and you'll get it. Like, but there's actually some fundamental nevers you should never ever do that people don't really talk about. Um, and this one I thought of before you even shared your story, but never suffer in silence. So like I said before, a problem shared is a problem halved. And not everyone has the vocab or the, the, the know-how to share a story or to share their problems through talking about it so there's there's other ways you can write a letter you can send an interesting article to a loved one and say this really resonated with me or you can um you know do a picture or there's there's ways that you can you can share but having starting that conversation like you said your friend texts you saved your life um I just think you should never, ever, ever suffer in science. It's not a burden because people will only take on as much as they can handle. So, you know, if you if you tell someone what you think is an unmanageable amount for them to manage, well, actually, they're in a stronger place. If they're if they're not in the state of suffering that you're in, they are stronger on themselves. So they probably can handle. It's going to be hard, but um, yeah. I, is there anything you would say on that in that don't suffer in silence, never ever suffer in silence? Totally. Like, and I don't want to break down that sentence and things like which, which you could do, but my, my biggest bit of advice that I tell everyone and, and what I do personally, because even though I talk about this a lot and podcasts and, and online and that sort of thing, and um, my biggest tool that I've got in my toolbox is my phone. Mm -hmm. And it's the voice recorder on my phone. I use that... I don't, I couldn't even tell you. It wouldn't be daily, but every couple of days. Mm -hmm. And I talk to that. Mm -hmm. No one needs to hear it. I don't. I listen to it sometimes, but the ma majority I don't listen to it. But what it's doing is it's actually making those thoughts real. Mm -hmm. And by getting them out of your out of your mind and instead those of those mostly negative, mind, or what you label as negative thoughts, or are they positive as yeah. well? Words of affirmation, like. Um, I'm not very good yet on affirmation. Mm -hmm. um, I must admit, um, and it's just how I'm feeling. It's yeah. those negative thoughts about and questioning, questioning myself, actually saying this is how I'm feeling, wondering why I'm feeling like this, but actually creating, making those thoughts real. Mm -hmm. And then you can deal with them because it's hard to talk to people. It's yeah. hard to start that conversation. And, and even though we've got these lifelines beyond blues, which 
I cannot tell you have um, I'm the biggest advocate for. Mm-hmm. But the first time when I was sitting underneath that blanket, and the first time I ran Beyond Blue, I hung up six times mm. before actually saying hello to anybody. Yep. Because taking that step to actually talk to another human is admitting that there's something that you need to talk to. I think as well, uh, like having a conversation that is immensely challenging, obviously that's going to be, I'm feeling, I've got the analogy of a pull-up. Like people always try when they start to do a pull-up, this isn't everyone, but if you've tried to do a pull-up, they start at the hardest part with their arms long, with their feet on the ground and they are the most outstretched they are and then they wonder why they can't get to the top. Well, that's because you're starting where your weight and your gravity is at its most big. So having a conversation and reaching out when you are struggling and suffering is really fucking hard. So maybe if you feel like you need to build up to this really challenging conversation, just start by having a conversation about anything, about the weather, about like, I'm, I'm always up for a chat, but I've learned to do that over the years. I'm actually an introvert, but I've learned to kind of just push myself into just talk about anything, make connection, and then make it, once you get comfortable making connection, then you can maybe approach, mm, I trust this person, I feel like I've built up a rapport. It might take a few months, but don't feel like, if you're, if you're in a dark place, you're probably not uber chatty, you're probably not out there like life and soul, a party. So, Maybe think, right, I maybe will get to a point where I can share what I'm dealing with and the struggles. But first of all, a more manageable conversation would be, what do you get up to on the weekend? Or, oh, I noticed you got a new dog. You know, just make it easier for yourselves. Because I, I think, yeah, I think like any challenge, doing a pull-up, you're not going to start at the bottom. By the way, if you want to learn how to do a pull-up, start at the top yeah. <laughs> with your arms bent and then lower yourselves down slowly, eccentric loading, and you'll get the strength in time. But you're 100% right. Like with, if, if you're looking and and you're experiencing s- something like that and, and you're trying to find that big shiny goal at the end, like if I'm going to talk to someone, it'll be fixed overnight. Mm-hmm. It, it's not like that. It's, again, these baby steps and starting. So talking to someone, like you're starting that conversation, finding that person, whether it be a loved one, a friend, it could be a complete stranger, like whatever works for you. Mm. Um, there's no one size fits all when it comes to our amazing minds. I think as well, it's very hard to acknowledge that people genuinely want you to be connecting with them. So when I was suicidal and depressed and in a really dark place, I genuinely believe that I was an inconvenience for the world and the world would be a better place without me in it. The reality is when you have a sound mind and a happy place and, you know, you're, you're, you have a healthy mindset, people love connection. We're social beings. So mm-hmm. your presence is welcome and people do want to hear from you. And like your friend said, oh, it's good to have you back, Tom. You know, he'd missed you. So yeah. you are not um, burdening anyone by simply saying hello and starting that first conversation. So, um, yeah, hopefully that is a good reminder and if you can think of someone right now that you haven't thought to speak to or you wish you'd started a conversation with or you wanted more connection, that's definitely the person to go and now have a conversation with this um, this week or, you know, in the next few weeks. Challenge yourselves just to reach out. It doesn't have to be deep, heavy, deep and meaningful conversation. Just start a chat okay. and you never know where that will lead you. Um, well, yeah, there's, a, there's an easy challenge to do and doing something for you is like, Pick five friends. It could be a text message. It could be a phone call. It could be 
hey, let's pick on the eagles on the bottom of the ladder. It doesn't need to be I'm struggling. Yeah. But, but just reach out just because you don't know the power of that conversation that you're about to start. Perfect. That can be our self-work for this week. Normally I do like a homework slash oh, self-work thing. Um, yeah, reach out. Start a conversation. Have a chat. You never know where it will lead you. We, um, we and our friends through chatting because it meant we didn't have to run up a hill. We could just <laughs> pretend that actually I need to start walking so I can breathe to talk. So here we are just from a chat. So um, fantastic. Thank you so much, Tom. Is there anything else you want to end on or leave with? Just be kind to yourself. Yep. yep. I think I end like that every time. You are, you are worth it. Mm-hmm. As much as times get tough, things are going to happen. But taking it one step at a time, you'll get there. Yep. Fantastic. Be kind to yourself, everybody. Thank you so much. And I'll see you next time. Take it easy. Bye.